whenever it rains, I don't know about you, but whenever it rains, I'm reminded of how God rains his blessings on us and how much God rains his love over each and every one of us, right? Regardless of who you are, regardless of your background, regardless of your status, right? Who you are, where you're at, what you're doing, if it's raining, we all get it. It lands on all of us. We all get some of it, right? And that's the way God's love is for uh, this world, right? Um, let's all be reminded of that. There is no one, there is no one um, who can get away or run away or hide from it. I guess if you want to say it that way. His love uh, is never ending. And I think we, we, got, we got that. On, if you were here Sunday morning, say amen. If you were here Sunday morning, say amen. God's love is never ending, right? And that was uh, one of the big lessons that we took away this past Sunday. Uh, Pastor Koba brought an amazing, amazing message, uh, a New Year's Day uh, message for us to bring us into the new year. So if, if you haven't heard it, if you didn't get a chance to be here on Sunday, um, and you want to you wanna listen and you want to uh, watch or listen, either way, it's both it's available in both uh, both standards. You can watch it either on a YouTube our YouTube page. Uh, if you don't have our app yet, get our app. Okay, get our app. Our app is loaded. It's got so many resources for us. If you're not aware of our app and how many resources it has for you and for me, our app is amazing. Our church app. Okay, if if you like to have a Bible plan. Or if you don't have one and you're looking for one, guess what? You can find one in the app, all right? Um, if you want to follow the church and see what the church is up to, find out what kind of events are coming up, all that stuff, it's in our app. If you connect on our app with us, um, you'll get all of, our, all of our updates, upcoming events. Uh, you'll find out that church is starting at 10 on Sunday, not at its rate. Uh, what time did we start on Sunday? 10, right? Yeah. You'll find out that church was starting at 10 and not at a regular time, like at 9. Uh, you'll find out things like that, that we're having a united service, and it's going to be bilingual, uh, that we're still having service, you know, things like that. Um, we, we know that there was a lot of churches that chose to uh, close and not have service on Christmas Day or, sun, or on New Year's Day. That's fine. That's fine. No problem. We chose to go forward and have service. We had a packed house here. Uh, right, Mama Mo? It was a packed house here on Sunday, and it was, it was powerful. It was a powerful word from the Lord. Uh, so I encourage you. I encourage you to go back to our archives. Again, they're on our app. If you missed a Sunday, um, they're not just there for you to catch up. They're there for you to what? For you to grow. Okay? Don't think of it as, oh, I need to catch up. I missed. No. I need to continue to grow. Okay? Like I said, there's Bible study tools. There's sermon notes. There's past sermons. Uh, there's connection, there's community, all of that good stuff is found in here. You can engage with us. I'm telling you, it's a very powerful uh, resource, a very powerful tool um, for us to continue to grow in the Lord. Amen? Amen. This Sunday, I just want to give you guys, continue to inform and give you guys a heads up. This coming Sunday, we are having, uh, we are continuing in Second Chronicles chapter 20. Second Chronicles chapter 20 where we are taking our church theme for this year, all right? 
Does anyone remember our church theme? Nobody from the back. Okay, you guys are you guys are not allowed to answer the question. <laughs> the, our our church tech crew is like part of all these you know meetings and stuff. But um, Nicole raised her hand and she's not on staff here, so I'm gonna let Nicole answer. What was it, Nicole? God is faithful. Did everybody hear that? Yeah. So our theme for this year. Say it with me. God is faithful. Chronicles chapter 20 is where we, Pastor Josh, um, shared with us that he felt the Lord leading us to uh, come up with that theme, uh, particularly in verses, and uh, I believe it's verses 21, 20, 21 in those verses, you'll find where it tells us about God's love never ending, being everlasting. Um, and so that's where we felt God was speaking that message to us of he being faithful to us throughout the ages. Amen? Amen. So this Sunday and through the rest of the month, uh, your church pastors and leaders have gone together and we do what's called sermon prep. Okay? Sermon prep. We have a sermon prep meeting that goes on on uh, Wednesday, Wednesday mornings, late morning. And um, quite a few of us sit around the table, including like our worship pastor and Pastor Nena and, and some of our pastors that are on staff here, some of our uh, tech crew, and we do what's called sermon prep. We go through word studies. We go through um, all the different ways that the scripture is connecting, and we just come up with stories and ideas, and we just fill up, you know, a whiteboard that we have a small one. So we end up erasing everything like three or four times. You know, we take pictures of what we wrote, make notes of what we wrote. And then we send it to all of our pastors to be a sermon aid for as they prepare for their sermons for Sunday. So we broke down for the next three, four weeks, because this is a five uh, Sunday month, okay, five Sunday months. So for the next four weeks, uh, your pastors are going to be speaking out of the book of Second Chronicles uh, in different ways to bring forth that message of God being faithful. All right? Amen. Amen? I hope you're looking forward to it because it's going to be good. Not just because I was sitting in that group, but it's going to be really good. We had so much fun today. Uh, it was very exciting. So we're very blessed. We're a very blessed church. We are. And we have an amazing team that um, puts together and helps out and, and does so much for your Sunday, our Sunday morning services, our Wednesday nights, and things like that. Praise God. <sighs> Let me catch my breath for a second there, man. It's just um, so yeah, that's what's coming up at the mission for the next few weeks. We'll be in Second Chronicles uh, chapter 20, and God is faithful. If you have been following along, uh, you know we took a break from the book of Genesis. We're right back where we left off. So if you have your Bibles, if you have uh, your church app, we have the Bible in there too, the Bible app connected to that, so you can read along. You can even do notes, okay? If you like using digital formats for notes, that's great because... There's even a, a way for you to take notes. Some of us like the, the old, you know, traditional way of writing using a pen and paper or a pencil and paper, and you, you keep a notepad, and that's awesome. I love it. I do both. I do both. I do. I have a, a little bit of both. We're in Genesis chapter 8, and this is uh, still in the topic of the flood, uh, Noah's life, his family. So if you have Genesis chapter 8 ready, say amen. Here's what I'm going to do tonight. We are going to read through the chapter, okay? 
It's 22 verses, and it's not very long. We're going to read through the chapter, and then we'll go back and, and get into uh, verse by verse. Genesis chapter 8. Because here's what happens with me, and you guys know already. For those of you who've, who've listened or been around when I do Bible study, I get so excited. And I have my notes, but I, I can get stuck on a word <clears throat> or a verse or a phrase, and there goes the entire like Bible study time, and we don't even finish the chapter. At least this way, we can say we read through the chapter, right? Come next week, we can move on to chapter 9, and we don't feel like we got cheated. <laughs> we don't feel like we got robbed. He didn't even read the whole chapter. All right, everybody ready? Yeah? Say amen. Say I got it. Say let's do this. Let's go. All right. Yeah, I like that one. I like that one. Okay. Genesis chapter 8, verse 1. But God remembered Noah. Man, that's a good one right there. But God remembered Noah. Everybody say that. But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark. You know, if my son Liam was here, he would, that would probably be his favorite part. Liam loves animals ever since he was little. He's loved animals. And then it says, and he sent a wind over the earth, and the waters receded. Now the springs of the deep and the floodgates of the heavens had been closed, and the rain had stopped falling from the sky. The water receded steadily from the earth. At the end of the 150 days, the water had gone down, and on the 17th day of the seventh month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. The waters continued to recede until the tenth month. And on the first day of the tenth month, the tops of the mountains became visible. After 40 days, how many days? After 40 days, Noah opened a window. He had made in the ark and, excuse me, and sent out a raven and it kept flying back and forth until the water had dried up from the earth. Then, everybody say, then he sent out a dove to see if the water had receded from the surface of the ground. But the dove could not find Nowhere to perch because there was water over all the surface of the earth. So it returned to Noah in the ark. He reached out his hand and took the dove and brought it back to himself in the ark. He waited seven more days and again sent out the dove from the ark. When the dove returned to him in the evening, there in its beak was a freshly plucked olive leaf. Then Noah knew what, that the water had receded from the earth. He waited seven more days and sent out the dove again. Everybody say, again. But this time it did not 
return to him. Verse 13, by the first day of the first month of Noah's 601st year. That's crazy, huh? <laughs> 601. The water had dried up from the earth. Noah then removed the covering from the ark and saw that the surface of the ground was dry. By the 27th day of the second month, the earth was completely dry. The earth was completely dry. Then God said to Noah, okay, let's start that one again. Verse 15, then God said to Noah, everybody there? Are you following along? Okay, don't fall asleep, please, okay? <laughs> I'm kidding. Then God said to Noah, come out of the ark. Come out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring out every kind of living creature that is with you, the birds, the animals, and all the creatures that move along the ground. So they can multiply on the earth and be fruitful and increase in number on it. So Noah came out together with his sons and his wife and his son's wives. All the animals and all the creatures that move along the ground. And all the birds. Everything that moves on land came out of the ark. One kind after another. Doesn't that sound familiar? Do you remember when they were going into the ark? Right? Verse 20. See, I, it's hard. I'm, try, I'm trying to practice discipline right now and not stop. But <laughs> it's just God's word is so great. Then Noah, then it says verse 20. Then Noah built an altar. Watch this. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord. Who did he build it to? To himself, for his family, he built it to who? And taking some of the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, never again. Now, did the Lord speak this to Noah? Did the Lord speak this to Noah? No. All right. What does it say? He said in his heart, right? So he was talking to himself, right? Did you guys catch that? Uh, I'm just making that noted because we might not get back to that part later. But it's, it's important because he's not really making a covenant, okay? He's not really making a direct promise to humanity or to Noah himself. Or to you and I. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Now the promise, the, 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 it's, it's kind of an agreement in a sense. It's kind of like God is saying this is what, how it's going to go down. But he's speaking it to himself. So there's a little bit of a difference. I just want to point that out. There's a slight difference. Every other place in the word, when God makes a promise, he's speaking it directly to his people. He's speaking it directly to one of his leaders or a prophet. You guys following me? But it says, the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, never again will I curse the ground because of humans. Even though, watch this, even though every inclination 
of your and my heart. This is harsh, right? But it's the truth. Every inclination of your and my heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. As long as the earth endures seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. Isn't that awesome? As long as the earth endures, he says, as long as the earth endures, sleep time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. The word of the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. I pray your blessing over the remainder of this time we have together tonight. And I pray that we would all leave here tonight with our hearts full of your presence, of this bread of life that we partake from, as we partake of your body as well, Lord, symbolically, because we do believe that the word, the word is you, and it is alive. And as we sit together here tonight in this community of believers, in this body that is your body, Lord Jesus, as together we go through the scriptures and we uh, dive into your word, Lord. I pray that we would all be edified, that we would all be encouraged, um, that our faith would grow tonight. In your name we pray. Amen. So, cool. Now we can get into it, right? So one of the first things, obviously, that caught my attention. Give me a sec here. I'm, I'm um, negotiating my pages so that I have both of them open. Um, the first thing that caught my attention is verse 1. Can we read that again? Verse 1. And I had you repeat it with me because I wanted all of us to keep that in our minds at the forefront, right here, right? In our foreheads, I guess you could say, right there. And come back to it, almost like a marker. And it says, but God remember Noah. Why is this so important and why, you know, is it something that we should highlight today? Is it that God forgets? Is he forgetful? Like you and I are forgetful, Right? You know, my wife and I always go back and forth because we're, like, both forgetful. I'm forgetful, and, you know, we, we tell each other, see? Because <laughs> why? Every day, and maybe you guys aren't like this, but almost every single day, we're like, where are the keys at? Where's my wallet? I don't know where I left my wallet. I, like, leave my wallet everywhere. You know, oh, man, I left it in the car, and she's at work, and I'm calling her or leaving her a message. Hey, I just letting you know I'm going to go pick up my wallet out of the car. I need it, you know, and there I go to wherever she's at. She's a substitute, so I got to find out where she's at, you know, and or she'll let me know ahead of time. But, you know, it's one of those things. I leave it in the car, you know, or I left it in one of my jackets, or I left it over there. I left it here, and it's like every morning, where did I leave my keys? And we have key hangers. We have key hooks, Right. But you still walk in and you put them down, right? Instead of hooking them, you, like, you just place them on the first area. The same thing with your wallet, the phone. You know, nowadays we have that little option on our watches. I don't know if you do, but you can find your phone, right? Where's my phone at, you know? I get a lot of thumbs up back there in the back uh, in agreement, right? So we're forgetful, but is God forgetful in the same way? No, no absolutely not. It's not that he is forgetful. But here's what I, I want to bring out. There's different passages that tell us and speak to us of God remembering, right? God remembering. And every single time that we come across that phrase, 
or a scripture or a passage where it says, and God remembered, and then right, it goes on, X, Y, and Z. It's that something good is about to happen. Anytime you read that, okay, and if, and if you've been asking the Lord for something, if you've been waiting, everybody say, I've been waiting, right? If you've been waiting patiently, okay, when the Lord remembers us, it's not that he forgot us. Again, I'm going to repeat that over. It's not the same thing. But when the Lord, okay, visits you and I, when the Lord comes to you and I, and he reminds us, I have not forgotten you. You're right here. You're in the palm of my hand, right? You're right there with me. I'm right there with you. I'm right next to you. Something good is coming. And that's what we've just read. We've just read this amazing text of the good things that came after it says, and God remembered, right? It was filled with so much. As we were going through it, I wanted to pause like every other word. I really did. But I wanted to read this passage with you guys so that we could take it home after tonight and read it again. Okay? And then when Friday comes around, go back to the passage and read it again. We should be doing that. Okay? I'm including myself. We should be doing that every time we hear a word from the Lord. Every time. Revisit it. Why? Because you're going to see some good things that maybe weren't mentioned or that were missed or that, you know, for whatever reason weren't touched upon. God might be speaking something else to you throughout the passage to say, hey, I'm remembering you right now. I'm thinking about you right now, and I want you to know it. And it says, but God remembered. What did God remember? God remembered a person. It's not just something random. There's something very purposeful, intentional about how God comes back to Noah. He comes back to him here, and he says, but God remembered Noah. And this is what I want to point out. Something really powerful that's happening here is that through Noah, watch this, because what does it say right after that? But God remembered Noah, and what else did he remember? Does he stop with Noah? He does not forget about the animals. Isn't that awesome? Tell me that's not awesome. You probably don't like animals. I don't know. I'm not a cat person. I don't, I'm not going to say I hate them. I don't hate them, okay, because I might get a lot of enemies and a lot of people messaging our, you know, YouTube and Facebook probably, okay? They're not my favorite. <laughs> I'm glad God gave us choices. I do like dogs. I grew up with dogs. We have a beautiful Akita at home that just sheds everywhere and it's so fun to clean up after. But he's a beautiful dog. I wish I would have brought a picture of him right now. I don't have one right handy. I am, like, intrigued with animals. Not too long ago, we were doing this market in San Pedro, and this guy came with all these reptiles. And I think I was more excited about them than my boys were. They were excited, but I was just like, you guys got to come check out this python this guy has around his neck. You know? You guys got to come and check out this bearded dragon over here. Come here, those bearded lizards, right? And then he had some of the most unique um, geckos. I had never even heard of or seen these type of geckos. They were orange. They had these interesting tails. But I, I'll, I'll find videos right online, and I'll show my boys, look at this video of this rabbit and this husky going at it. And they're, like, playing, and, you know, and they're just like, oh, that's cute, you know, and they move on. 
Yeah, I enjoy animals. I'm entertained by them. I do. I love horses. I remember as a kid being taught how to ride a horse. My uncle had a ranch. I grew up in Arizona, so, you know, we had, I didn't. I say we because they were my family. But, I mean, we were around cows, goats, the whole nine. As a kid, they taught us how to drink, you know, the cow's milk. It wasn't no 10 times pasteurized or whatever we read on the milk cartons today, ultra pasteurized and, you know, lactose-free and, you know, all that stuff didn't exist. You know, we would drink it. It was steaming. Okay, it sounds gross. I know to a lot of people are like, oh, that's gross. It was the most delicious milk I've ever had in my life. I'll tell you that right now. I remember, I remember what that tasted like. And it was great. I, okay, thank you, Jesse. <laughs> Jesse's raising his hand. He's saying yes. My grandmother would make fresh goat cheese. I mean, she would... I don't know if you've ever seen the process or if you've seen when they're unwrapping it and the towels are wet, right? Oh, man, the beans would be steaming and we'd crumble that goat cheese on top. Fresh, the most organic way, you know, the organic stuff we see in the stores today, I don't even believe that's really organic. I'll be honest with you. They're just overcharging us, trying to make an... I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble, watch. Somebody's going to call me tomorrow and be like... They're going to call it for an office over here and like, tell us, Pastor Josh, I think you need to rethink that young man up there. No, but seriously, I, I, I appreciate and I really do enjoy the animals that God has given us, right? I do. And God not only remembers Noah, but he says he also, check it out, look it. He says, the wild animals, are you following? And the livestock that were with him in the ark. That means when it makes that distinction there, wild animals, livestock, livestock is under the category of, of, of uh, animals that are, um, oh my gosh, the word is escaping me right now. I have it here in my notes. Domesticated, okay? Domesticated animals just as much as wild animals. Now, is the message tonight about this? No. This, this is what I wanted to point out. Noah's family, the animals that were all in the ark, birds of the air, animals of the land, the beasts, the word it, it, one of the words that it uses in there um, is a word for beasts. And all of that to be reminded that through Noah came salvation. And he's actually pointing to, foreshadowing Christ. That just like through one man, God was ready. You have to, we have to go back and remember, God was ready to wipe us all out. Completely. But there was one man who was righteous. And he calls upon Noah. Right? And when he calls upon Noah, what does Noah do? He believes, but most importantly, he obeys. Sometimes, sometimes I think it's more important to just obey even if you don't believe. Uh, I, sometimes I don't want to do it. You ever felt that way? No? You ever felt like you just don't want to do it? I don't want to tell that person about you right now. I'm not in the mood. I just got cut off on the freeway or I just got a bill in the, in the mail that I just, man, you know, whatever, X, Y, and Z, Right? 
I don't feel like telling my neighbor about you. I don't feel like being neighborly. I don't feel like loving my neighbor right now. But I'll be, I'm going to tell you, there's times where I feel it's way more important to just be obedient than to have the faith that has to come behind that. Sometimes we need to take a step and just say, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it, Lord. I'll do it. Because we never know what God is going to do through you and I and our obedience. We do not know what God's purpose is when he's asking you and I to do something. And sometimes that hardest thing that he's asking us to do, that unbelievable, that craziness, that fantastically absurd thing to do that he's asking you and I to do, he has a purpose for it. He's not asking you to believe or have the faith in that moment sometimes. Sometimes, okay? Don't, don't leave here today and say, well, Pastor Joe said. <laughs> we don't have to have, no, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you don't have to have faith. What I am saying right now is Noah obeyed God. If you remember the story, he does ask him. They're going to think I'm crazy. You want me to do what? But he did it. He went and he did it. He obeyed. The people did call him crazy. The people did doubt what was happening, right? Everybody around him, everybody around him said, you're nuts. Why would you believe that way? Why would you follow that God? Why do you go to church so much? Why do you pray so much? Why do you always open your Bible during your lunch break? Why are you always on your church Bible app? Why are you always talking about God? Why do you always have a smile on your face? Everybody around him was doing the complete opposite. Everybody around us right now is believing so many other things and not believing the truth of God's word. Okay? So Noah brings salvation for his family. Salvation came through one man at this, in this passage. Not just for human life, right? But for even the animals, the beasts of the land, the birds of the air. Salvation came. God extended his salvation to all the creatures. But God remembered Noah. The next time you feel like God's forgotten about you, go back to this passage and put your name in there. And just say, Lord, I know you haven't forgotten about me. I know that you're here with me. Because the Bible doesn't tell us but it almost seems like there was some time of silence while Noah and his family were in the ark between him and God. Have you ever had, or do you have a friend? Let me put it this way. Do you have a friend or someone in your life that you can go months at a time without talking to, hearing from, saying hi to, texting? But the moment they message you, call you, come to visit, it's like, it's like it was yesterday. You just pick up where you left off. You have somebody like that? So there was a relationship that was established with Noah and God. And that's part of what we're seeing here tonight. That's part of what's happening. So there isn't so much a covenant per se as we know what a covenant is through God's word. But this was a relationship that was going back and forth. And now he comes to Noah and he says, I never forgot about you, Noah. I flooded the land. Can you imagine now? There's day, like right now, that it hasn't stopped raining. I mean, there's been a few moments here and there, right, where it's kind of calmed down. But it's been 
wet for the last three days already. And then they're saying more is coming, right? And we've been asking you. I've been, I've been praying that the Lord would fill up Lake Mead again. I have. I was like, Lord, man, that reservoir was amazing when I went there. I was able to spend three days on a houseboat at Lake Mead. And when I saw that thing was drying up, I was like, man, Lord, that's messed up. I'm going to cut back on my water. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just kidding. I didn't. I didn't. I'll be honest with you. I'm going to be a liar if I say I did. I kept watering my grass. I like keeping my grass green. What? Right now, I'm thankful. I'm saying, Lord, see, you provide all the time. <laughs> God doesn't forget about us in the sense that we forget things. We're always there. He always knows. But when God comes to visit and when God comes to speak, when God's presence shows up in our lives, we can know that something good is coming. Now watch this. Now the springs of the deep. This is the other thing that I wanted to like that really caught my attention. You know, say what you want. Up until today, I had never seen that before. And if I did, I just read right over it. I did. I'll be, I'll be honest. I always, and every time that I've heard, read this story, heard and read this story, I just kind of passed that part up. And today, it hit me like, boom, in your face. And I started thinking, man, God must have been really mad at us, really mad at his people. He brought it from the heavens. So look at, do you see what it says? The springs of the deep, okay? So that means wa the water that's down below, you know there's water below the ground, right? Yeah? Okay. Everybody knows that? All right. If you dig deep enough, my, my parents have a property back in Arizona, and it, they use well, they have well water. My dad's owned that property now for, let's see. He's owned that property for at least 30 to 35 years. Okay? I was a kid when he first came across it. There is no city water there. And every time there's folks have rented from us and lived there on the property. Uh, my sister, when she first got married, lived there on the property. My old, our oldest niece was born and was raised there and lived there, I think, till she was like six, five or six years old. All that to say is that that well that's pumping water there at that property has never gone dry, ever. And my dad, in all these years, I think he's changed the pump one time. In the summertime, for those of us who live who are in the city, it takes a while for cold water to come out of our pipes. Because it gets so hot in Arizona, or at least that part of Arizona. It'll reach like 115, 118 degrees in the summer. And it stays hot all night. It doesn't cool off. July, August, it stays hot all night. But this particular well, it's summertime. You turn on the, the faucet, cold water, freezing cold water throughout the entire summer, no matter what time of day or night it is. Wintertime, the water comes out warm. It's crazy. You don't have to wait for the warm water to wash your hands. It's like, bam. It's like the pipes are heated. It's like, it's like a fancy living, man. You know you can get your pipes in your house heated, right? No? Yeah, you can do that now. And you don't have to wait for hot water. It's pretty cool. It's expensive, but it's pretty cool. I don't have that. <laughs> we have a small house. It feels like an hour before the warm water comes out in the morning. The wells, the natural springs he caused to flow so it wasn't just water coming from heaven 
but even the springs from below the earth helped in creating this massive flood. And then that's something. Can you imagine having been there to witness that? That must have been one scary scene from like the worst horror movie you could ever watch. Some of us like those. I don't. It says that the waters from the deep and the gates from heaven, he damned them up. Literally, he damned them up. In other words, he shut them. And I thought to myself, how many times in our lives have we felt that we're drowning in the darkness and the situations that we place ourselves in? And God, when he knows is the right time, God in his sovereignty, God in his full control, God in his infinite knowledge and wisdom comes to shut the dams of flood in our life. If you've never lived through something like that, I know tonight you may not have something to say amen about or to praise God about, but I do. I do. I have something to say. Lord, thank you for holding back the floods. Thank you for shutting the dams that were trying to take me down and take me out. I'm, you know, this is it right here. It says, verse 2, the springs of the deep. Watch this. The springs of the deep, the natural springs of the earth and the floodgates of heaven, it says, were closed. And the rain stopped falling from the sky. Ain't that something? It's like if God can create the flood, he's going to stop the flood. If God will allow something to happen in our lives to get our attention, he's definitely going to come in and, hey, put a stop to it when he feels it's the right time to put a stop to it. And the same way that he brought Noah and those animals, right, he says to you and I, I sent my son, Jesus Christ, that you would find shelter in him, that you would find salvation in him so that at the right time, right, so that at the right time, he would come into your life. And you could say, Lord, thank you for sending your only son. Thank you for getting me out of this flood, Lord. Thank you for not taking me out with the flood. Man, he could have taken us all out. Let's keep reading. Verse 3, and the water receded steadily from the earth at the end of 150 days. I wish we had time to get into some of the numbers. If, if The numbers, whenever the, the word of God brings up numbers, it's extremely important. And it's there for a reason. Um, but getting into the numbers would take, that would probably be like even for another Bible study alone. You could, just from chapter 8, there's so many numbers that are brought up that are connected to God's sovereignty and God's wisdom and God's power, okay, um, that we could spend easily an hour just kind of like skimming through some of that, not even getting really in depth, but just skimming through it because it would take us from one thing to another to another to another. That's how God's word is. It's pretty cool like that. It does. So, you know, one of the things I, I saw was that, like the number 10, for example, in the Hebrew or the 10th letter in the Hebrew alphabet. I got some scholars here. I was, I never, I didn't major in Hebrew. Um, but the 10th the letter in the Hebrew alphabet is the letter that is used for um, God, okay? For, I, 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 I'm trying to remember. I didn't write it down because I didn't even want to get into it. But just so you know, um, some of these numbers point to God and God's sovereignty and God's wisdom. 
that God is in control of all this. That everything that is mentioned here is there for a purpose. Isn't that cool? Isn't that awesome? And so it says, the water receded steadily from the earth at the end of 150 days. Okay? Imagine that. 150 days. The water had gone down, and on the 17th day of the seventh month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. Now, it says, the waters continued to recede until the 10th month. And we know that the entire land, okay, really quick, we know that the entire land, everything that was land, everything that was mountains, everything was completely covered in water. And we know that because at one point it says that they eventually, as the water was receding, they began to see the mountain tops. So that was like the first thing that gave them uh, light to understand, okay, the water's finally going down. Now we can see the mountaintops. Can you imagine the highest peaks of the world finally coming through the tops of the water? That's insane. It wasn't just a regional thing. This was the entire earth was covered. The entire earth was, you know, we could say blue, right? And then at the end of this verse here, verse 5, the waters continued to recede until the 10th month. And on the first day of the 10th month, the tops of the mountains became visible. Then after 40 days, right, there it is. There's another one, 40 days. How many days or how many years, really, was the people of Israel wandering through the desert? How many days was Jesus taken into the wilderness? Do you remember that? It was 40. 40 days he was in the wilderness when the devil came to tempt him. Do you remember that? So there's all these significant numbers. uh, And verses or information that comes to us to just remind us of God's holiness, of God's power, of God's presence, and how he is involved in everything that we're reading about. Isn't that cool? We still have time. Now, there's another area here that says, watch this. After 40 days, Noah opened a window and he made, that he made in the ark, and first he sends out what? He sends out a raven, right? And the raven goes back and forth, goes back and forth until eventually then he sends out, after he sends out the raven, he sends out what? I found this on the web. Hold on a second. I don't know why she thinks I'm talking to her. There. After the raven, he sends what? He sends out a dove. Now, I kind of thought to myself, what? why did he send out two different birds? The ravens make their living, their life, completely like trees, air, um, whereas doves, I don't know if you've ever seen this or noticed it, like in Arizona, it's, there's dove hunting is huge. Um, Pastor Dan Hudson, he was an avid dove hunter for like years. He would always, you know, there was times that we were both there in Yuma at the same time. He was there dove hunting and I'd be visiting my family. But when we'd be out riding our ATCs and our quads out in the desert, you could hear the hunters in the distance at, you know, 5, 6 a.m. in the morning, you could hear them, pow, the shotguns. Dove hunting's huge. They, they hunt a lot of quail out there. It's huge, huge, huge season for that. Every year, we get, like, this influx of hunters that come into 
Yuma, and I'm not kidding, there isn't like a lot of hotels there, <laughs> but they run out of, like they get sold out of rooms for like weeks at a time. Sometimes for an entire month, there will be no availability at any of the local hotels because of so many uh, people that come in for the sport uh, there. The Doves make their living or their lives come almost always on the ground. So this was very wise of Noah when he wanted to know when the, the actual ground was finally drying up. Is, that's the reason he sends out the dove, because he knows that the dove will give him sign that the ground has dried up. If the, the dove keeps coming back, it's because the ground hasn't dried up, because that's where they find their food. It's really interesting, and that's the way it is. There's, doves are, like, super common there. In Yuma, my dad will, like, sometimes feed them, and they'll just always be around the house. And I'm like, Dad, what are you doing? And it's like, you have a zoo out here of doves. It's just like this enclosure of, like, the backyard, right? And he just, but he loves them, and they, they have this beautiful, like, way of singing, and the way they sound, like, it's just amazing. It's the most beautiful thing you could hear, and it, and it, it actually does give you a very big sense of, like, peacefulness. And, and there's this quietness to them and this gentleness, but they're always on the ground. You know, unless the chihuahuas run out and scare them away, they're flying away. But for the most part, they're, like, always on the ground. It's really cool. And, and that was something that was significant because it shows us also the wisdom that God gave Noah to know, hey, it's getting close and it's almost time. But the last thing I want to mention tonight, if you would go with me, to verse 15. This is the last thing I want to mention because I thought how awesome it is that to show us again that God does not leave us. He does not forsake us. He doesn't, you know, like we forget. He doesn't forget about us. He's always, always going to be there to give you and I direction when we most need it. If we truly seek the Lord and if we truly have, create, cultivate a relationship with our God, with our Heavenly Father. He's our creator, but he's our Father too. Amen. Think about that. He's not just this big, massive spirit that had the power to create, but he makes himself gentle so that you and I would know that he's our Father. You can call him Daddy, and you can come near to him and lean into him. Amen. And he says here in verse 15, then God said to Noah, this is so awesome. He says to Noah, come on out, Noah. I know I, I sent you in there, and it was for your good. It was for your protection. I had a plan. I had a purpose for it. And I know I sent you in there, but hey, Noah, it's time for you to come out now. Come out and begin living. Isn't that like God to... Give us that specific direction in our life to say, it's enough time. You've been going through that process. You've been going through that wilderness. You've been in that alone time. You've been there enough. Now it's time for me to take you out and allow you to go out and continue to grow. It's kind of like this, it's almost like this rite of passage that's happening right now. And I can almost imagine, I mean, think about 
the longest time you've ever had to spend indoors. For whatever reason, whether you were in the hospital, whether you were quarantined because <laughs> of COVID in your uh, bedroom, I couldn't stand it. I mean, I was with the windows open and I was talking to my dog and Jess was like, stop talking to him. You're going to, he's going to catch COVID because of you. <laughs> but, you know, I was just like, I had to like just see the sun, just see the plumeria that's right outside our window. Couldn't stand it. Like, I mean, yeah, it's cool. You know, you get to like, you know, chill in there. Whatever. But no, man, after a while, you're just like, I need to get out. Man, they were in there for such a long time. They had a window, obviously, but still, I mean, I can't even begin to imagine what it must have been like, felt like, smelled like. <laughs> you know, being in this ark. But that's how our lives are sometimes. God allows us. He allows seasons in our life that we have to go through. But it's awesome because then we're reminded, right? But God has not forgotten about me. But God hasn't left me. And then he speaks to us and he says, hey, it's time. It's time for you to get up. It's time for you to get out. It's time for you to stand up. I've called you to do something great. There's a greater purpose for you in here. Now he says, come out of the ark, you, your wife, your sons, their wives, and bring out all the creatures. The same way they walked in, bring them all out. And allow them to go out and procreate. God's grace. God's grace for second chances. And third chances, right? And fourth and fifth. May we not ever take for granted the grace that God extends to you and I. When he says, hey, I've brought salvation to you. Don't take it for granted. Hey, I've brought salvation to your life. I've brought freedom. I've brought new life because for them, it wasn't just that they were saved from the flood. Here was the opportunity to create new life again. Look at that. They were given even the power to create life once again. And to say, okay, let's see if we can do it a little better this time. So the next time... We see God's hand extend grace to us. Say, Lord, I'm going to do better with it this time. Yes. Brought out all the living creatures, the birds, the animals, it says. And he was so specific. He says, the creatures that move on the ground, every, every type of creature, he says, multiply on the earth, be fruitful, and increase it in number. He says, so Noah came out together with his sons his wife, his son's wives. I can't imagine, like, them coming out. And it was, it says that it was completely dried. Every, all the water had gone and that they came out on dry land. It's completely dry. You're going to hear, at times, debates, questions. Where's the art today? You know, what happened? Why? Why this? Why that? Why do all these things? Even the number stuff. And I'm going to say to you tonight, when you're going through God's word, most of that stuff doesn't even matter. That's the truth. Why? Because what God wants you to know 
is that he's provided a way for you and I to be reconciled to him. And that he has, even how it says here in the passage, right, towards the end when we read that, it says God spoke to himself or he says in his own heart, I'm never going to do this again. When you and I take God's grace and we receive it, he gives it to us freely and he says, go. Don't just stay there where you're at. Grow, build up, right? Bring others to the knowledge of this grace. Bring others to the knowledge of this salvation. Let them know of the hope that is found in me. In Christ, in Christ, you and I have found a new life a new purpose. And it's not to be able to differentiate and figure out and, you know, learn what all these other things are. It's mostly and predominantly for you and I to say, I know that there's purpose for my life. And I'm not insignificant. And I matter to him. If the birds of the air, the beasts of the field, if the flowers, I think even Jesus said it, if you remember, right, in the Gospels, if all these things matter to my Father, how much more do you matter to him? And I believe that that's what God is reminding us of today, is that we matter to him. We matter. You matter to him. You're important to him. If you're at home right now and you're listening to this, or if you're hearing this on another day, just remember that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. You matter. We matter to him. Whatever you're going through, God will stop the floods. God will shut. He will dam the gates. He will dam the floodwaters. He will hold them back and bring salvation to our lives. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word tonight. I pray, Lord, for your, each and every one of your children tonight. I pray a blessing over them. I pray that we would all be reminded of how important we are to you. How much you love us. This passage of Noah seeing the Floodgates and the springs of the earth shut down by your mighty hand. This story of Noah and having a second chance to do it one more time. Having the opportunity to share the hope that is found in having a relationship with you, our Father. Lord, I pray that each and every one of us would leave today would grow closer to you. Would see that we matter to you and that we are very important and there's a purpose for our lives. I thank you, Lord, for your word tonight. I pray a blessing over your people. In your name we pray. Thank you, Lord. Amen. God bless you, church. Try to stay dry out there and stay warm.